Hello, and welcome to Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. Hello, District 3. This is your podcast host, Don Griffith. I'm here today with your trio. That's what we call the top leaders of our district. We'll start with some introductions, starting with our newest trio member, our club growth director, Karen Hewitt. Say hello, Karen. Hello, everybody. Our second in command is the program quality director, David Hopper. Hello, everybody. And our fearless leader, the district director himself, Peter Salazar. Say hello, Peter. Hello, how's everybody doing? We're doing great. Great. All right. I, I asked you to be on this podcast, which we're also making into a video cast because of the technology available to us, to just have a conversation. We're not going to talk about district policy and how we're going to do this membership plan or anything like that. We're going to just have some fun learning about you as Toastmasters. So we'll start with that question that we hear all the time in the speech contest. What club do you belong to and how many years have you been in Toastmasters? Karen? Thank you for that question, Don. I have been a Toastmaster since March of 2017 and I belong to Walkie Talkies and Sleek as my advanced club. So just about three years then? Yeah. Excellent. Wow, you've been making a lot of progress in those three years. Congratulations. Thank you so much. David, what about you? Thank you, Don. I've been with Toastmaster about six years, and I belong to two clubs, UA Facilities Management, which is my starting club, the club I started Toastmasters in, and from Pindapodium, which is a club that focuses on writers. Great, great. Peter. Wow, I, I can't believe I beat all, both of them. I've been a Toastmaster since August 2009, and I'm currently in one club, Leaders Plus Toastmasters in Mesa, Arizona. Peter, I don't know if you knew this, but I was in Leaders Plus for many years. Wow. It's been a while, but probably 10, 15 years ago, I was in Leaders Plus. Very solid club. Yes, it is. I need a volunteer to tell me your, about your very first Toastmaster meeting. What do you remember? What are you, were you feeling? I'll go. Okay, Peter. So about 11 years ago when I first joined Toastmasters, I was very nervous. I, I couldn't get a word out speaking in public or, or even in small groups. And when I went to that first Toastmaster meeting, I remember walking in and watching the club president. She was just so smooth and elegant. And I remember about five minutes into the meeting, I wanted to be like her. I, I, want, I liked everything about her. And I, I just thought, I was like, how could somebody be that polished? And later on, I found out it was the agenda. She was following the agenda. But it was just so, it, it built, it made such a great impression on me, just the way she carried herself and she handled the meeting that uh, I kind of found like an immediate mentor or somebody to mentor myself after. It was. Someone else has a, a first meeting story? Sure, I'll tell you about my first meeting. So my, my first meeting was actually the very first meeting of UAFM Toastmasters. 
and they were looking for speakers. So before I had ever visited a Toastmasters club or meeting, I had signed up to be a, a speaker, had no clue what, what was gonna happen at the meeting. Showed up, I, I was definitely nervous and was one of the first, first person to give a speech in the club. Uh, luckily they brought in a seasoned Toastmaster to kind of help and she was my evaluator. That was Dorothy Yanez. She's one of the people down in Tucson. And she really helped me. She's like, hey, just calm down. Don't worry about it. Because I was super nervous, especially since I had never seen it. But that was my first Toastmasters experience. Karen, yours wasn't that long ago, so I bet you you remember. Oh, my goodness. I was terrified. I decided to join Toastmasters because I needed to get over my fear of being in public. Not just speaking, but being around people. My first meeting, literally, I think the only thing I said was a series of grunts and head nods. I don't think I got any words out whatsoever. I sat in the corner and I really wanted the wall to just swallow me in. The club was so welcoming and so friendly. And the VP of membership at that time was a lady by the name of Vicky Peruli. And she sat down and she was really quiet and calm and just so welcoming and invited me to come back the next week and the next week. And I joined after two weeks of going, immediately got me with a mentor, every step just encouraging me and having me step up and step and do more and more to where I am today. It was one of the most liberating experiences ever. Yeah. Anybody who knows you now probably wouldn't believe that you you were a shy, wanting to go in the corner and disappear person. Just ask walkie talkies. They can remember that, that first weeks. Great. I'm going to ask you a question. This is one where you might want to think about it. I want to know the most significant thing about you that changed. And Karen, I think you just told us one. What's the most significant thing about you that's changed since becoming a Toastmaster? David? Uh, that's actually easy because I have an elevator speech where I talk just about becoming a Toastmaster. And like Karen, I was actually an introvert. I'm still an introvert. But I would sit in meetings. In fact, uh, I say in my speech that there was a meeting that I'd have every single week where it was with my boss's boss's boss. And I'd get there 15 minutes early so I could get the chair behind him so that he wouldn't call on me and I wouldn't be in his line of sight. Uh, since joining Toastmasters, I, I get right up at the table. I don't get there early. I get right at the table and I'll look him right in the eye and I'll take my time to answer questions. But I was, uh, I was so nervous even in meetings with him that I would definitely get there early and just, just kind of hide and hope that I didn't get called on. <laughs> That's great. Peter, what about you? The, the biggest thing that's changed, and it's been for, for the better, it's beyond my lack of losing the fear, it's my leadership style. So before Toastmasters, my only leadership training or education was in the military. I, I was a Marine. And that's more of a direct authoritative leadership style. Because of Toastmasters, because we are all volunteers, I had to learn the servant leadership style. And that has not only helped me accomplish things in Toastmasters, but it's also helped me at work because a lot of the incoming workforce is wants that caring, nurturing leadership style. They don't respond well to the authoritative leadership style. 
And I was, that change helped me. Whereas I, at one point in my career, I was kind of not considered a good leader because I had that authoritative leadership style and it wasn't helping in this new world. So um, that's one of the biggest benefits from, for me for Toastmasters. Karen, do you have anything more to add? Do you have another story or something else that changed for the better will, for you? Yeah, I am gonna add a little something to that. One of the things that I have spoken about in, in presentations, I even spoke about it in my first speech contest I entered, was the real reason I joined Toastmasters is I had a story to tell, but I had been diagnosed as agoraphobic, PTSD, and and it meant that I would have a panic attack just leaving my front door, let alone having to speak to a room of people. I chose Toastmasters because it would force me to leave my house once a week. What I never expected, yes, I have gained confidence. Yes, I can speak to groups of people, but I would have never expected to have gained the friendships and the leadership and the networking that I have. I have some of my best friends in Toastmasters now, even to the point where I had my fifth child in Toastmasters and they threw me a surprise baby shower just because I never expected that. It is more than just speaking and leadership. It's connection, friendship. I think that a lot of the old time Toastmasters who have been around a long time, like me, I, I joined 23 years ago and I came for the skills, but I stay for the people and the relationships and the friendships. That's solid. So now I'm going to ask you to look at one of the others and tell me one of their leadership strengths. We'll start with our leader. Peter, what do you think the leadership strengths are in your teammates? Thank you, Don. So I, I was just asked a similar question or, or I expressed a similar expression when I was asked a question at the region meeting. It's that David and Karen are experts in everything and they try everything to the point where I'm like, I feel like, <laughs> like, like I don't, I, I don't belong to be in the same room with them because they are, they, you know, they, they know anything. So every, every time I have a question, I go to, I just ask it and one of them will give me the answer. And while sometimes I know the questions and many of the times, sorry, the answers, Many of the times I don't know the answers. I'm literally asking because I need the help. So I, I think their strengths are their, their passion for Toastmasters, their expertise in you know, the rules and the guidelines for, of Toastmasters, and their ability to carry through. Uh, I've seen a lot of people in the world who say, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and then it dies down. When Karen and David say they're going to do something, it gets done. So I, I think we're very fortunate as a district to have them both on, on board in the trio this year. Yeah. David, what about your partners? Thank you, Don. I will start with Peter. So the thing that I really admire about Peter, and it's because I get kind of stressed out, when, especially when the, the times and everything's come and due. Like if we've got a, something going on and maybe things are going wrong, I tend to get like kind of stressed out and really, really passionate and irritated with that. And Peter has that very calm demeanor. He, he, it seems like he could have the world going wrong around him 
and he just it keeps going going forward. Uh, it, it, it's it's really a great thing with Peter and and the ability to stay calm and, and keep that. And like Peter said with Karen, uh, she is a go getter. She has great plans. She follows through on, on her plans. She's a very very hard worker. I know that she spends countless hours on Toastmasters, and she's always always there. I I, I am her quite a bit throughout the day and bounce ideas off, off of her. So I spend a lot of time talking to both of them. We probably spend at least once a day with a message or with an email text between Peter, Karen, and myself. And it, it's really good to have those people to, to go to. I don't feel like I'm just on my own. I have support in, in everything I do. Excellent. Karen. Okay, so what do I admire in David and Peter? I will start by saying they are complete polar opposites and that we need in a trio. You, first, I'm gonna start with David. David has this compassion with everything that he does. He really wants to make sure that it's done right, that people are taken care of, that it benefits the members. His Everything is just so member-focused and member-driven. He gets to be really creative. And I admire that creativity with the company he displays. And Peter, he is organized and direct. And, and it's different because it's because of Peter that I'm actually here. He is the one that kind of pushed me onto my leadership track. And I've told him this, it was a TLI. He's the one who pushed me on it. He challenges people. He gets them to stretch themselves. And before you know it, you're doing more and more and more. If he hadn't have challenged me on that and that day, would I eventually have gone into leadership? Yes, I would have eventually gone into leadership with Toastmasters, but I wouldn't have gone into it in this time frame. So I admire different things about different them. And I think because of that opposite that they have, it really makes for a solid team because you don't want three people that are exactly the same. Excellent. Excellent. I agree with all of your statements. So I've seen the same thing as I observe you. We all learn a lot in Toastmasters. I've learned a lot. We grow, we change, but we never quite get to the ultimate, do we? There's always something to learn. Who would like to share an area within Toastmasters or a Toastmaster related characteristic or skill that you're still working on? I can start with that. Uh, if anybody knows Jim Ng and how he is able to get in front of a crowd, and Peter can do this too, he can get in front of the crowd and he can just talk. And you can actually have that time where he can talk for 10 or 15 minutes. Because of the, my ability to be introverted and I just kind of want to get to the point. I want to get things done. I want to get things completed. So I get in front of a crowd and it's like, all right, here's what you need to know. Just this statement and I'm done. And so I'll get it done in a minute. So I can be very fast, very direct. And I don't spend the time always to find out from people and get, get their story and have that conversation or be able to expand on things. I'm just like, here you go. This is the answer. Let's move on. So do you feel you're making progress in that area? I, I definitely do feel like I'm making progress. I'm trying to take more time. I'm trying to stretch my, myself there. In fact, one of the things as club growth director that I really wanted to do, because I knew it was outside my comfort zone, is making those cold calls 
and talking to, to the companies because I knew that that is not necessarily in my strength to, to find out what they, what they are looking for in Toastmasters and, and how they wanted to form a club. So I really worked on that throughout my club growth throughout the year, and I think I really improved on that throughout the year. Nobody else? Well, I'm not the world champion of public speaking yet, so <laughs> I'm still working on that. <laughs> uh, it's being you know, an introvert and, and afraid to speak in public. And I remember my last class in, in my MBA program, somebody actually told me that I needed help with public speaking, that I was lucky this was the last day. And <laughs> I, I wish I could go back there and present again and show them how much this program has helped me. Because I, I always tell people I, I've gotten more out of Toastmasters than any other education program I've taken before the things I want to do are still related to something I never would have thought I would have been able to do. And that's related to public speaking, standing in front of large crowds, bigger and bigger and bigger crowds. And I believe that's one of the reasons why I tried out for the trio was so that I could stand in the big crowds and get the hard questions and do the hard things, which, um, you know, I remember our first trio meeting last year. I'd heard Jim speak, I'd heard David speak, I heard Karen speak as a, as a division director, and almost everybody to a T had a little choke, in, or their speech, their voice went kind of numb a little bit, like a teenager. Even I did, I was like, Ugh. So, and that was because it was our first deck meeting, and there was a, a slightly larger crowd than normal. So, I, I do want to get on bigger and bigger and bigger stages in any way that I can, so that I can develop myself more and show to the world that yes, you could take somebody who was afraid of everything and can't get a word out and make them a presenter, hopefully a world-class presenter, but something like that. That's something I'm still working on. Aaron, what are you working on still? Oh my goodness. This is, this is a tough one to talk about because people don't actually express this normally when it's in relation to Toastmasters. Yes, we can all say it's you know, public speaking because that's why we originally sometimes join because we want to speak in front of crowds. I think the biggest skill that I'm learning and developing came to me as a surprise as something that Toastmaster develops. And that is that ability to have that relationship communication with people. If I was scared to speak, I would sometimes be blunt, direct, to the point of almost being rude mm. and... I can still do it. I have, I have called David and said, I want to say this. I need you to check my email so I don't say this. <laughs> and I have somebody now who also mentors me and how to word things. So it is, comes across as more encouraging, more supportive instead of just, no, you need to do ABC, end of story, done. So it's that ability to connect with people as an understanding of where they're coming from explain in ways that they need to hear it and be able to express myself in a supportive way when it's my instinct to just go one, two, three, this is what you do. Because of that introvert side of me, I don't want to spend too long on it. I just want to get it over with. That's something I'm still working on. I think, Everything that you, the three of you have mentioned are things that we all work on at some different level. And it, 
frankly, it doesn't matter how long you're in Toastmasters, there are still things to learn. I know that. Peter, I haven't won the world championship either. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's, there's still plenty of championships left. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to give you another poser. This one is, I want you to think of someone you know who needs Toastmasters. We all know them. But someone you know who needs Toastmasters, and I want you to tell the one most important thing that you think they need. Why should they be in Toastmasters? Just one thing. David. Thank you, Don. So I'll, I'll focus on one aspect that a lot of times doesn't get mentioned, and that's, that's leadership. Uh, I see a lot of leaders, and like Peter was saying earlier, that are the very military leaders. And they lead by the iron fist because they have positional power. And so I, I have people at my work that definitely lead by that positional power. And because of that, you don't win the friends in, in the new, win the friends and have, have the great relationships and the great employees. Leading in the volunteer organization allows you to lead by the relationships. Instead of leading by positional power, you, you lead by relationships. And I always like to compare that to like William Wallace and Hitler. You know, Hitler was known as the, the military leader. People feared him. And William Wallace was known as the man of the commoners. And, and people stayed by him because of his relationships and what he, what he stood for. So, so those are the two types of leaderships that, that I see. And I think that many of the people in my work could benefit from Postmasters by learning that relational leadership. Boy, that's just, you just set up a mental image of someone trying to get Adolf Hitler to join a Toastmaster group. That would have been interesting. <laughs> Peter, do you know someone who needs Toastmasters? Tell me the one thing that you think they really need, without telling us names, of course. Sure. I'm going to refer to my sister again. I just recently got her in touch with a club in California. And the reason I refer her to Toastmasters is because she's opposite for me. She's always been a natural, just talking to anybody and conversation comes natural to her. However, every word starts with that, right. So yes, here's a question, right, 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 right. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And it drives me crazy. And sometimes it goes off on little tangents. So I'm like, if you can focus, you could be such a great speaker and this can help the, the Toastmasters program can help you. So and it's very common on a lot of the, the new workforce today. They have no problem speaking, but they always start with that little pause, that little awkward pause, that right, that yeah, that so. And it's just a little bit of help that we can help them with. Sure. Yeah, it's a natural, casual way of speaking that everybody in their circle does the same way. And they don't see it as an issue, but you can point it out. Mm -hmm. Karen, you have somebody in mind? I do. I am going to speak to that person who is timid, shy. Get, it's not necessarily that they want to get on a stage, but they have ideas, they have thoughts, and they want to know how to express them. Maybe it's just they need to express it to one person, but they're not sure where to start or where to begin with that. So I'm going to speak to them that this is a supportive organization. This is where you can come and you can find lifelong friends. 
You can meet people who will cheer you on, who will help you develop those stories, those ideas, that creativity that's in you and help you learn how to express it to different people so that you can get your point across. You can put your ideas on the table and you can be a part of the conversation rather than sitting back and just watching it. Right. And wondering what if, you know, if only I could get my, my point or my idea or my great plan across. Okay, this is a fun one coming up. I need your silliest experience in Toastmasters. What's happened to you that's just crazy, funny, unexpected? Uh, and it's, there's nobody watching this, so you can just, you know, be honest and tell us about that embarrassing moment or the silly moment. Who wants to start? All right, Don, I'll, I'll start. Uh, <laughs> and the, multiple, everybody on this call was a witness to this. It happened just last week. So I was rushing to get past, on, get onto a meeting, and I was running late. So I wanted to get on the audio, and I still had my shirt off because I was lounging around the house. And I started, I started the camera and, well, started the meeting. Camera started up, and here I am without my shirt and hadn't, Everybody on the call here got to see that. And of course, it was recorded, so I hope that uh, that doesn't get out there <laughs> at all. But that, oh, that's no, probably I'm, my. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sure that recording is gone. <laughs> yeah, it, it's gone. You know, everything on the internet never always goes away, right? <laughs> okay, so uh, a Zoom silly moment, embarrassing moment. Peter, I'm sure you've had something crazy or silly happen. The, just uh, well it's the same thing to last week i believe karen and steve asked me to do a zoom meeting in my underwear and stand up and show people oh wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, let's go back who did what and asked you to do what we were we were shooting a video on what not to do on on virtual meetings or online meetings ah. And my script was to show up to a meeting in my underwear and accidentally step away from the camera and show that I was supposed to be in my underwear. And I went through with it and it's, I didn't think it was a big deal, but apparently everybody started laughing. <laughs> so I'm sure that's out there somewhere. Well, I'm sure it is because we're going to publish it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Aren't, aren't we Karen? <laughs> Yes, and I even created a GIF. All right. <laughs> and once I get hold of the recording from the last meeting, I'll create a GIF of David as well, if you'd like. That'll work. We'll need Karen. that for the roast in two years. Karen, do you have something that's roast-worthy that will be something that you could share with us and get a chuckle? I am normally very reserved and very calculated on how I present myself because I have been in situations where I've just felt humiliated and I do everything to avoid it. I am going to go pre-Zoom for this one. And I'm telling you, I wanted, I wanted to run out of the room and out of the Toastmasters meeting and never go back. It was a table topics. 
and they asked me a question and I had no clue to answer it. So I spent the entire one minute going, well, I uh, never uh, went through uh, that before. And so I have no idea what to uh, uh, answer. And uh, uh, okay, can I just, uh, 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 and I think I said like 60 um, souls asked in that minute. And then at the end of that, they, someone looked at me and said, you know, you could have just said something else and changed the topic, don't you? Yeah. I was like, I could. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. I thought I had to answer the question as given. So I made myself look like this blabbering idiot, then almost tripped over a chair on the way back because I was just so in my head about what I had done. It That self-consciousness just completely ruined that entire meeting for me. And I just felt like, the worst speaker in the world because I'd missed the point. I didn't understand it. Luckily I had a couple of people come to me afterwards and explain how it was okay. And they motivate, cause I didn't want to get back up and do table topics again for that. And I had other people come to me and explain things and talk me through it and encourage me to re try again the next week. And they did. And it could have taken me out with Telexmasters. I was just that embarrassed. And you learned, again, that it's a supportive atmosphere. People have your back. They're not going to let you fail. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing those perhaps less than stellar moments. I'm now going to ask you for something a little more serious. And it's the last thing on the podcast this evening. Do you have a shout out to someone who has inspired you in Toastmasters? Who has been that person that has spurred you to try to be excellent? Who is helping you and pushing you and pulling you when necessary? David? Well, there's, there's so many. I mean, I can start with Mark St. Ange, who is the original reason why I joined Toastmasters. They started a Toastmasters club at my work and he really pushes me and it's constantly still there today talking. Uh, we talk all the time about Toastmasters. I can even you know, look at the past leaders in the district, uh, Don and you, you help me and you're there. Tim Swearingen's there all the time helping me. I can look at the current leaders, Karen and Peter. I mean, Karen will send me a message and say, hey, you need to do this or hey, I, you know, this is what we've got going on and, and that words of encouragement, especially when things uh, in the COVID environment, you know, when we see numbers drop or we see, uh, you know, a membership fall off or you see, uh, you, you get an email from a member that's upset about something. So, so having that support to go, hey, you know, this is, the, we feel you and we're there and, and continue to move on. Uh, they encourage me every day. Thank you, David. Karen, do you have someone you want to thank or recognize? For being influential in your Toastmasters career? There are so many. This is the thing about this organization. So many people get in, put in your path for different reasons and they give you different things. I could start with Peter for him scaring me half to death at TLI, making me think I'd never get my legacy DTM if I didn't jump into area directorship right then and there. I could talk about Don and Jelly Johnston out in Lake Havasu, who as an area director, I was up there and they gave me that support and love and community for me traveling four hours to be an area director and cheered me on and helped me with everything I needed. 
Then I have when I went for a division director after that, I had Betty Covington help me with how I worded things. And then I think one of the biggest people that has done that has really helped me push forward because I only saw a division director as my final stage at one point. And shortly after that, I had a conversation with this person who encouraged me that they saw something bigger than that in me. And they encouraged me to start working towards each and step. And they have been one of my mentors since. And that is Tim Swearinger. He's really pushed me to step out of my comfort zone and look into deeper and more significantly to bring me to where I am. And both him and Rose have really helped me on this journey. So there is countless people. I could list even our Region 3 advisor who's always there when you have questions. And yourself, I've had sit-down talks with just you and me about what's going on and things to do. You're going to find mentors and people to look up to and people to lean into and to learn from at every step of the journey. And even without David last year giving me every piece of information for club growth, I don't think I could have asked for a better succession plan. So I could go on for hours, but I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> you know, if, if this were the Academy Awards, we'd start the music, but we don't, we don't have that. All right, Peter, you are the district director. You are the leader of our district this year. Who has been influential in your Toastmasters life? So I'll work a little bit backwards. I joined Leaders Plus because of all the leadership experience there. They have the similar people that both David and Karen just mentioned. Tim and Rose, Nancy Starcassidy, Trish, Michael Holian, a lot of past leaders. But if I go back to the beginning, my first club was not an outside the club club, right? We, we did everything in the club. We were a great club, but our, if our area director came around, great. If they didn't, no worries. The first time they challenged me to run a contest, they said, okay, go to another club, find a, find a speaker. And that's where I met the, the two most influential people that started me on my leadership track was Hallie. And eventually I met a guy called Patrick Fitzgerald. Hallie immediately recruited me to be an area director. And it was like an overnight thing. It's like, have you ever considered it? And the next day I was an area director. <laughs> and, and Patrick, uh, at the same time I was assigned as a club coach and Patrick Fitzgerald immediately said, okay, you're our club coach. I'm going to be your coach. I'm going to be your mentor. And I was just shocked by that because I had, at, up until that point, I had never told, nobody had taken an interest in me as far as my leadership. And they were the two who kind of pushed me off to start doing more things and more things. So um, if I could start from the beginning, it would be those two people that I could thank for getting me on my leadership journey. Thank you, Pete. Well, thank you, each of you, for spending time with me. I hope my questions weren't too personal or too embarrassing, but I think our, our district members would love to hear these stories and know more about you. And rest assured, 
there are people in our organization who are watching you and learning from you and being inspired by each of you. Remember that and embrace that. They're looking for guidance and they're looking for inspiration and they will see it in each of you. So congratulations on being elected to your positions. You have a lot of work to do this year. We'll probably have some more conversations later about plans and objectives. But now, we're going to sign off. Thank you so much for being on the call. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. To volunteer to be featured on the podcast or to suggest future topics, write podcast at aztoastmasters.org. That email again is podcast at aztoastmasters.org. Toastmasters International and all other Toastmasters International trademarks and copyrights are the sole property of Toastmasters International. This podcast is independent of Toastmasters International. It is not endorsed by, sponsored by, affiliated with, or otherwise connected with Toastmasters International, other than for the use of the name Toastmasters International.